Shalom Aleichem. I'm Emma Morgenstern. Today I'm here with Nora Feinstein, who is joining us by phone from Manhattan. Nora is an undergraduate student at Barnard College and the Jewish Theological Seminary in New York. Nora was also a student and my classmate in the 2010 Steiner Summer Program here at the Yiddish Book Center. Good morning, Nora. Good morning, Emma. Um, so, Nora, we invited you on today to tell us about your senior thesis, the Maxwell House Haggadah Project. Uh, can you tell me what that is? Just give me a little introduction to that project. Sure. So, I am writing my senior thesis at Barnard in American Studies on the Maxwell House Haggadah, which is a the longest-running commercial promotion in American history. And basically, since 1933, with the purchase of a Maxwell House product around the Passover season, you can also get a free Haggadah. Um, and so I am in the process of revising my thesis, which um, addresses the history and evolution of the Haggadah um, in American Jewish life. And um, so what I wanted to do in sort of answering the so what of, of why the Maxwell House Haggadah matters um, in the broader picture of American Jewish history and American um, commercialization and marketing history is to figure out what, what it means to the individual people who use the Haggadah. So that spawned the creation of the Maxwell House Haggadah Project, which is basically a um, social media initiative to get a virtual exhibit of people's um, Haggadot, the grocery store displays where those Haggadot are available, um, and also any memories and stories that people have of using the Maxwell House Haggadah over the last eight decades. Um, so th the project got off to a great start. Um, we've gotten responses from around the country, um, and I would really love to see as many people as possible participate. Can you give me a little history of why the Maxwell House company would have this Haggadah? That's a great question. Um, so in 1923, um, Rabbi Betzel Rosen ruled that a coffee bean was actually not a bean, but rather a berry. And that made it kosher for Passover for Eastern European and Ashkenazi Jews mm. who don't eat kidney oat or um, technically beans on Passover because it could be confused for leaven. Mm -hmm. So that opened up a whole new drink for, for Passover. Um, among Jews. And at the time, concurrently, coffee was rising in popularity in America in the interwar period. Um, also going on at this time, the Cheek Neal Coffee Company, which owned the Maxwell House brand, um, they started in Tennessee as a small southern regional company, and they were seeking to break into the national market. And as part of that project, they opened up a factory in Brooklyn and identified that they would like to become more of an urban northeastern brand. Um, and so Joseph Jacobs, who was an advertising coordinator for various Yiddish newspapers, worked with them um, and crafted the first ad for Kosher for Passover coffee, mm. um, which ran in the foreword in 1923. Wow. Um, yeah. And... So since then, Joseph Jacobs uh, created his own advertising agency, which really dealt with niche ethnic marketing, um, and they still exist to this day. They've been incredibly helpful, um, and they have a great archives. 
Um, but that's sort of how it started. And then nine years later, the Haggadah came out of that history of um, targeted marketing to Yiddish-speaking Eastern European Jews in New York. Hmm. Um, and so is the Haggadah still making money for Maxwell House today, or is it just sort of like an old, uh, an old tradition that they've continued? Well, that's an interesting question because the Haggadah itself is free. You can order them, um, but the promotion is that you purchase the coffee. So I think it's sort of hard to um, extrapolate from sales data, you know, what the contributing factors are to the, to the sales across the country around Passover time. Mm-hmm. What is interesting is that Maxwell House is not um, the biggest selling brand. It's now owned by Kraft. It's not the most popular brand of coffee in America, Folgers is. But among American Jews, it is the most popular brand mm. of coffee. So <laughs> there's definitely a correlation between um, American Jews and a fondness for Maxwell House, which probably has something to do with the Maxwell House Haggadah. Huh. The Haggadah, especially recently, we've seen the new American Haggadah that just came out. Um, and that's Jonathan Saffron Foer and uh, Nathan Englander. Right. And so I've seen the Haggadah sort of appropriated for all of these pol- different political leanings around Passover because it's a holiday about freedom, um, a holiday about slavery. So are there specific political leanings of the Maxwell House Haggadah that you've noticed? What I would say is that I think with all of those sort of niche um, Haggadot that have come on the market, in in the 20th and 21st century, um, a lot of the press that those receive sort of position them as uh, a- against the traditional Haggadah, which would be the Maxwell House Haggadah. Mm. So um, I've sort of been keeping track of, of the press that's been percolating haha, around um, <laughs> the new American Haggadah. And a lot of times when they interview Jonathan Safran Foer, or Nathan Englander, um, there's a little blurb about the Maxwell House Haggadah, like this isn't your grandma's Haggadah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in a lot of ways, I think that it's sort of the standard bearer of, of tradition for American Jewish Haggadot. Mm-hmm. And is that why it has so much resonance with American Jews? I think so. Um, I think it has resonance with, with certain, um, certain subsets of American Jews. So I would say that among our generation, it's not as common to have grown up with the Maxwell House Haggadah, um, but for our parents and grandparents, um, especially around the time, what I'm finding is around the time of suburbanization, um, that, that those who grew up in the suburbs and um, were really product of a more institutional Judaism across the board, that they were more familiar with the Maxwell House Haggadah. So what has your favorite response been to this call for stories and photos and memories about the Haggadah? Well, what's been an interesting find is that um, it's not what, what, given what I just said about how our generation isn't necessarily as familiar with the Maxwell House Agata, um, that's been a, an intriguing response is that a lot of people our age don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the people who tend to be on social media, and that is how I've approached this project. So in order to get the sort of juicy nuggets um, from the older generation, it requires a different kind of approach because um, – they might not use email or Twitter or Tumblr the same way that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've actually used 
my grandparents and their friends to get the word out. Mm-hmm. And I think having the, the personal um, connection helps. So some of the best stories have come from my grandmother's friends um, and family, uh, and that has been from around the country. So. Mm-hmm. And do you have specific Maxwell House memories from your childhood Passovers? I do not. I do not. And, um, and that's part of the reason that I started the project was because I figured if I could learn from people who have that sort of um, visceral connection to the text, whether that's um, fondness or distaste, um, that it would help me better understand sort of the wide-ranging implications. Um, can you just give the blog address? Sure. Um, it's maxwellhousehagataproject.tumblr.com. So you can contribute photos of your Maxwell House Haggadah or photos of the Haggadah display at your grocery store. Um, Or you can submit typed up anonymous stories about your Passover Seder um, throughout time. Those can be submitted right on the blog or you can send an email to mhhproject at gmail.com. And we're also on Twitter at mhhproject. Thank you so much, Nora. Thank you, Emma. You've been listening to a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. For additional interviews and conversations, please visit our website, www.yiddishbookcenter.org audio. I'm Emma Morgenstern. Zymir stark und gesund. Be strong, be well, and tune in again soon.